0: You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. If you knew a little Latin and could get a hold of a time machine, you could go back to 5th century Rome, walk into a church and find that the prayers prayed there are almost identical to the prayers we pray in 21st century Episcopal churches. I don't know about you, but when I first found that out, I thought that was so cool. I'm a history major, ex-history major, thought I was gonna go get a PhD in, in ancient Greek or ancient Rome. So anything that's rooted to something older is really important for me. The church that I grew up in was you know, a denomination that was essentially 25 years old and it was great. They formed devotion in me but it became clear, especially as I studied the past, that we were kind of trying to reinvent the wheel. And so while I'm forever grateful that they instilled this great love for Christ in me, I needed something a little bit deeper. So what I'm trying to do here is to say that those collects of the day that we pray every single week, they've had a very long life. A lot of us have gotten the impression that they were essentially written during the Reformation. So 1600s, Thomas Cranmer, first Archbishop of Canterbury, he brings them all together. He writes some of them, but for the most part, almost all of them have this much longer life. Some of them coming from the medieval era, some of them coming from the very earliest centuries of the church. So now, like... That's cool. It's cool that they're old. It's cool that they've been being worked on for a long time because they have been. Thomas Kramer, what he did do was for some of the prayers that sounded a little too Catholic for his tastes, he did edit a line or two, and that's been happened in numerous and subsequent prayer book revisions. But at their heart, the core of what is in there, it goes way back. So what is a collect? Well, simply put, a collect is a brief prayer with a particular structure. And less simply put, it is a short prayer that gathers the intentions of the community around the appointed Bible lessons for that Sunday. So oftentimes, you'll notice, you know, we start off the service and we do holy communion with the collect. It's supposed to get our minds thinking, okay, well, what's coming? It's reinforcing what's about to come in the lessons that we'll read. So it's this short prayer, it has a particular structure. What is that structure? Well, you have the structure right in front of you. Uh, The structure is, and this is gonna be really helpful if you are a detailed person. I'm more a narrative person, so this at least initially was less helpful for me, but I found it to be very helpful the more and more I pray the colics. So we're gonna take an example from the collect for the fifth Sunday of Lent. And that's is right on the back. And why don't we why don't we pray that, and then we can essentially go from there. So, Almighty God, you alone can bring into order the unruly wills and affections of sinners. Grant your people grace to love what you command and desire what you promise, that among the swift and varied changes of the world our hearts may surely there be fixed. Where true joys are to be found through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now, we will look at that prayer in a couple weeks because that's the collect for the fifth Sunday of Lent. In a, in a minute, we're going to get to the collect that we prayed today. But the collect for the fifth Sunday of Lent is great for example purposes, because if you've got your sheet in front of you, and if you're listening online, I'm going to explain this, so don't worry. Uh, but there is a five-part structure. Now, some of the collects skip one or two of these, but for the most part, this five-part structure is how they're they're written. So, the first is the address. It's to God. Sometimes you'll see in in this collect, and the example I'm using is from this collect, Almighty God. Sometimes you'll hear Eternal God. It usually is, and sometimes it'll just be Oh God, and sometimes those colleagues tend to be the most desperate it's like we don't have any time uh to talk about your attributes or whatever give us what we need now so almighty god the address the the second part of the structure is the acknowledgement and the acknowledgement is even more about god's character so we in the address we say almighty god there's already kind of an acknowledgement of his character he's all powerful almighty but in this call, you alone can bring into order the unruly wills and affections of sinners. Uh, I entitled this class Provocative Prayer because, as we'll see in the three colleagues we'll look at, they're pretty provocative, right? If you told someone on the street that they don't have power to bring into order their wills and affections, uh, that's offensive, um, I don't know about you, but that's, that's kind of offensive to me at times when I'm really like killing it. I feel like I'm killing it. But here, so we're addressing God. You alone can bring into order the unruly wills and affection of sinners. The third part is what we're asking for. It's for the most of us, this is like what we're actually why we're actually praying. And if for me, like 90% of my prayers are help. Um, I don't know what yours are. But so the petition is, In this case, grant your people grace to love what you command and desire what you promise to love what you command and desire what you promise. Fourth, sometimes colleagues have this we're praying for grace so that so the aspiration is so we're praying for this so that we can get this so that among the swift and varied changes of the world, our hearts may surely there be fixed where true joys are to be found. And then the fifth part is that kind of long part that takes up a third of the prayer, but it's important. It's, you know, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and da-da-da-da-da. So, colics, five parts for the most part. Here they are. If you're not a detail, detailed person, if you're more like me, just think of that in terms of an address, a petition, and an invocation. Again, Almighty God, What are we asking for grant your people grace the invocation is through our lord jesus christ etc so that is what we're seeing we don't really have to memorize this structure but it can be helpful as we we see these we know it's it's not just an ask it's not just here's god's character it's all of these things so it might be helpful for understanding how they work So again, it's a a brief prayer with a unique structure and it gathers our intentions. And I don't know about you, but for me, the reason why colics have proven to be so important is that when I have no words to pray, I pray these prayers. So maybe if you're having trouble in your prayer life, bring home your bulletin every Sunday and for that week, just pray that collect of the day every week. It's concise. It's meaty. It's been written by Christians for millennia. So you don't have to go in worrying, oh, is, this, is this a good one? The church has you know, said it's a good one for a really long time. <laughs> but really what I'm, trying to, what, what I'm trying to do with this first half of the class is to give you tools. Uh, it's one thing to just to try to tell you knowledge about what each particular collect says. And we're gonna do that in a second. But really, here are tools. So if you want, take this home. And when you're praying that collect, look. And, And how does it work with the structure? Again, if you're not a detailed person, the second part of it. But these prayers are so rich. And again, when you've got nothing, when you're feeling like you're at the end of your rope, and I pray that you're not, and if you're not at the end of the rope, feel free to incorporate these prayers into your regular prayer pattern but I'll be honest for me as a minister at times I feel very dry what do I do when I'm dry I go here so that aside we're going to take a look at the collect that we just prayed a moment ago and that is on the back of your form as well so why don't we why don't we pray this one together too Almighty God, you know that we have no power in ourselves to help ourselves. Keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls, that we may be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who is with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. So just briefly, before we... To take a deep dive into it. Look, almighty God, what's that? Yeah, you al- This is about God's character, right? You alone can bring. Oh, no, sorry. You know that we have no power in ourselves to help ourselves. Uh, I mean, that's not just saying something about God. That's saying something about us. What are we asking for? What's the petition? keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls that we may be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body and from all evil th- thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul and then so notice for this colic it it skips the aspiration right it just there's a whole lot of petition in there but then there it ends with that pleading through our lord jesus christ blah 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 so again you'll notice as you look at the collects they all follow this, so it's, I'm not just giving you useless info. This is really helpful, and we'll we'll take a look at this briefly for the next two colics that we look at. But taking a look at this third colic for the third Sunday in Lent, this is it's. I would say it's a top five. The the the, the, the example I use the colic for the fifth Sunday in Lent. Paul Zoll told me that that is his absolute favorite. He calls that in his book on the colics the colic par excellence. I would say that the colic for the third Sunday in Lent gives it a run for its money. If it's not quite as good, it's, it's close. But think about that first line. It's not that different from what we read for the colic for the fifth Sunday in Lent. And uh, again, I get a little offended by this, right? I have the power in myself to do many things. I don't have much of a problem going to the gym. Now, what I do there isn't probably much, but... <laughs> A lot of people have a really hard time doing that. I, I have friends who have no problem at all learning new languages. They know that they're going to go to Germany, and what do they do? They study German, and by the time they get there, they know it pretty well, which for me, I can't do at all. It's really in one ear, out the other. Other friends of mine have no problem whatsoever living inside their means. Now, I'm not gonna tell you about myself, but I have a whole lot of other friends who do not know how and just simply find that they can't do it, uh, or uh, yeah. But what does this mean then, that I can do so much? I'm watching this, uh, this show right now, it's on Apple TV+, Plus if, you, if you're interested, but it's about the the crash of WeWork, um, and uh, Jared Leto, and Hathaway are in it, it just came out, I think, on Friday. And you watch this show and Jared Leto's character, the guy who founded WeWork, man, this, he is a typical entrepreneur, just like we'll ask each and every one of us in this room if we have money to invest. And he, despite being told no, he will it'll happen. Uh, I wish I had that. I have a friend who has that. So when I think about like no power in myself to help myself, what does that mean? Sorry, this is falling off. What does that mean for someone like my friend? For me personally my aversion to any notion of helplessness started very early. My high school psychology teacher taught me taught us that under certain conditions human beings do not have free will. And I just remember that being so scandalizing me so much like how can we be held responsible yada yada all that. He said that in situations of extreme hunger or low temperatures we cannot control what we'll do in order to survive. And I remember being that kid because I've always been kind of that kid who made sure my voice was heard. And I said that no matter what, we always have a choice. I don't be too hard on that kid. But, you know, again, I power myself to do many things. But my indomitable optimism was as lively as my hormones. My can do spirit hadn't yet really met any suffering so in this in this today's collect we acknowledge the precariousness of the human situation we're we're praying what is our ask keep us both and i love this because it's so holistic right keep us outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls that we may be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body and i think about our friends in Ukraine right now, all the assaults on their bodies. Sometimes we in the West were so removed from that, but this isn't just talking about war. This is anything that could happen to the body. And then all evil thoughts, which may assault and hurt the soul. I love that. Like, And evil thoughts, not just being, you know, I don't like that guy uh, or worse. That's the, the PG version of saying something like that. But the evil thoughts about yourself, like, I am trash Uh, and you know God didn't make no junk. So again this is a holistic prayer. It concerns body and soul. Its premise is that we are physically and spiritually more fragile than we think we are. uh, At least than I thought I was when I was younger. What is this prayer doing? It's not saying In that first line, we have no power in ourselves to help ourselves, that we don't have any agency. It's not advocating an unhealthy view of total depravity, that humans are completely and wholly evil. Remember, total depravity means that every part of our being is marred or fallen, but not that you or me are wholly evil. Um, This collect is from the sixth century, so 500s. They're, 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 they're not having some of the Reformation debates that they were having in the 16th century. And yet it's not so far off, right? We're not as powerful as we think we are. There is a whole lot of which we aren't in control. And I think that we can trust the, our 5th century ancestors to be a little bit more in touch with the precariousness of the human situation than you and I often are who have slogans like impossible is nothing from Adidas or, you know, Nike has something very, easy. just do it. Um, can you imagine like with that one thing in your life that you just can't quit? Just do it. Uh, I mean, I got that. And the preaching I heard as a young person all the time, but for, I mean, I would say even for me personally, in recent years, that the, the, the boy who was so averse to, verse to any notion of helplessness I found that discussions of human frailty, of limitation, I found that much more congenial and even freeing in recent years. Uh, The admission that there is no power in ourselves to help ourselves sounds a whole lot like what my healthy friends at Alcoholics Anonymous recite every week. And what is that? We admitted we were powerless over alcohol that our lives have become unmanageable. And I found in that like them, I have tendencies, addictions, character traits that try as I may, I simply can't quit. Again, I've got no problem staying within my means, but what's your problem? What is that thing that you can't quit? Now, I'm not telling you to raise your hand. <laughs> I thought it was all one I was like, nope. <laughs> I'm not doing it. You're not doing it. Um, but uh, yeah, try as we may. What are those things? We, again, we have lots of agency, lots of ability. But when it comes to this or that particular thing, and I found that I mean the acknowledgement that I am not as free as I thought I was has has kind of broken this yoke of what we were just talking about a second ago of pulling myself by my own bootstraps. I can pull myself up, at least I think I can, by my own bootstraps when it comes to the thing that I'm capable of doing, but when that the other things, the character traits, the the addictions, those those t- like I just can't quit it. Even when I've been put in like a boot camp, uh maybe Uh, Some of us have had friends who have, you know, had real drug problems or alcohol problems. And I really don't want to make that like something, some kind of special sin. Uh, Because when we do that, we don't take the insights from people like Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous who have a whole lot to teach you and me who have addictions that are far less public, that are far less like, uh, you know, you can't manage your life. Um. The, the, the news that I don't have the power to do this, that but that there is one who does, is is freeing because, in the words of the are, are, are I, I can seek help. I can seek external help, help from people in groups, like in Alcoholics Anonymous, like small groups. Um, the best small groups, right, are, are the small groups where you're not pretending, where you're not... Putting this mask up where it's like, I'm perfect, you're perfect. We never talk about our problems. The best small groups, right, are where you can be vulnerable, where you can trust these people. Uh, And so the reason why in this collect we say we have no power in ourselves to help ourselves, and it's, it's all very obvious, right? Why would we pray, keep us, in the words of the collect, defend us, if we could do it on our own? Why are we praying at all if we could just pull ourselves up by our bootstraps just by the the very act of praying for these things. We are acknowledging we need help. We need a power greater than ourselves. Now, I think what this prayer does really well is it kind of tells you and me that when we pray, we're not asking for God to complete our human efforts. I think this, again, where Alcoholics Anonymous can really help us, that imagination of surrender, right? A lot of times when I fight the thing that I just can't quit, I just dig a deeper hole. But when I surrender, when I come to see that this isn't about my efforts, it's not about God adding on to our efforts or completing our efforts. It's not saying, God, I can make it 85% of the way, but you've got to take care of the remaining 15%. No, we are taking a cue from the serenity prayer here and acknowledging that these, in these areas, these are the things that I cannot change. I cannot change them, but we are, again, another one of the steps from AA. We are trusting that the power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity. Uh, Do we see that? This is where we can learn a lot from AA folks, the people who are dealing with addictions in their face. What are they saying? We are trusting a power outside of ourselves. And who do we serve? We serve the living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, who makes a way where there is no way. Who raises the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. So, friends, while initially, upon first reading of this, at least for Ben, Ben's high school self, I would have read that first line and been like, well, what are you, like, this is why I'm not Catholic or whatever, you know, having not having understood. This is why I'm not Episcopalian. Um, but I, I really have found what this college is teaching us while we're praying it to be an invitation to freedom. Uh, a call to acceptance, not acceptance in the sense of like I'm just going to live into my addiction, uh, like as if I, like I want to return back to vomit. Uh, I, I said not too long ago that a friend of mine calls sin likes to think of sin during Lent as a porta potty because so often we think of our temptations and our sins as you know a weekend in Cabo, but if. But if our minds could be set on sin as the porta potty that it is, then we 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 might just find that like it's it's repulsive. Now that's not something we can just get our mind. We need the power outside of ourselves to get us there. Um, so we're it's a call to an acceptance, to surrender, and to in the words of the scriptures, right? There's no longer striving after the wind, chasing after the wind. Um, this is a call to have to acknowledge that while we may have no power in ourselves to help ourselves, when it comes to what we can't quit, we serve that Lord who can do the impossible and who is alive and active and continues to make that way out of no way. So uh, like, take a look at this prayer and like, does anything that I'm saying right now, does it jump out at you just, uh, and feel free to critique. Feel free, I mean, it wasn't too long ago that I just had no patience for any kind of language like this. And I do think that there is, as I was kind of hinting at, there's always that temptation to say, oh, I'm a piece of junk. Oh. Like that's not what they're doing. What they're doing is inviting us to freedom, that there is one who he's created us good, he's created us in his image, but things are mucked up. And when it comes to those things that we just can't quit, we trust. That one to make it happen. Any any uh, any thoughts on on this collect? You know, the collect or collect in general? Is pretty much all self-explanatory. Yeah. What I, what I like about the colleagues, particularly the ones that we use in right one, it's like you say, it's a continuation of a tradition that goes back far beyond our our human knowledge even as to what these people are going through. And it's a wonderful link uh, to the past and it's a great place for people to really learn the English language as it should be spoken. Now granted this, it started off in, in Greek and in Latin, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the second yeah. observation is that the the outline that you that you presented here is a great outline for any time you're called on for spontaneous prayer. Mm. give a blessing at a meeting or an invocation at a meeting. It's a, it's, a great, it's a great outline to help you get the things said that really ought to be said to a group of people. Yeah, no, I, I think you're exactly right. It's, uh, now, I will admit, as I said earlier, that if 90% of my prayers are help without any kind of acknowledgement of God's character or whatever, Probably, the other ten percent are sorry, and I don't really mean I'm sorry it's more like I got caught or like I've got myself into a pickle, and it's like "I'm so sorry, get me out of this um so it's I guess it's along with help, but I think you're right it's uh it is a it's helpful to when we're trying to still ourselves when we're maybe we're taking five deep breaths again, we're at the end of our rope here, and we're reading the collect and then. Maybe when we finish the collect, we're like, all right, I'm going to kind of follow this pattern. Now, obviously, there are other patterns, uh, but here's an ancient one that is great. So I'm definitely not telling you this is the way, the only way to pray. But, you know, people have been doing it for 1,500 years plus. So, David Tanner. We're all guilty of you spoke to He's saying we bring nothing to the table with regard to our salvation. Yeah. Say in a fleshly life, we think we can control our lives or accomplish things in the gym or at work or whatever. But if we really reflect on it, we really had a minimal role in our successes. That uh, it was the gifts that we were given or the (coughs) people that surround us that enabled us. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's uh, good. Bottom line is we bring nothing to the table. I can even say. those black socks today with peer pressure tradition, who I grew up with mm. and that dictates that I'm wearing a coat and tie today. Yeah. And that's just really good there because, uh, yeah, I think sometimes we, I mean, we know this, right? But we forget about it. There are all kinds of external pressures. And I mean, the way Paul talks about sin, when he, when Paul's not talking about sins, right? Like the, the bad things we do. Paul talks about sin as if it's a power. Uh, as if we should capitalize sin, um, and and like that, that we are kind of on on some level that we have been rescued by Christ. Um, we are in the clutches of the power of sin. Does that make sense? It's like kind of like the you know what the reformers talk about, where simultaneously or at the same time, we're we're justified and sinners, or we're we're saved and sinners. It's it's a similar thing. Like we've been. Hold out of the realm of this power, and yet we've got one foot in. Uh, and I, I resonate with that a lot, especially and not just with my own personal sins, but what David was saying, um, all this external stuff going on. Uh, and and I, I love what you're saying. It's how much of the the you know either good things I do or the bad things that I don't do are oftentimes dictated by, well, if I do that and people find out I'm in real trouble. Uh, so again, I'm not again I'm not trying to say like we're evil through and through, Paul's all wasn't saying that, even with some of of, of his rhetoric. But I think it, to your point, yeah, we are, the human situation is precarious. We are limited, uh, as the scriptures say, we are sinners. But instead of that being this news that's like, well, you know, I'm a piece of garbage or like, or I'm just gonna lean into these things that are killing me lean into the port body it's this kind of like all right Lord it's on you it's what Augustine prays right like in in, in uh, the confessions and I love this and he got in trouble for it uh, he, he he says command what you will but give what you command so he's praying all right Lord you can command whatever it is the heck you want but unless you give it to me uh, it's not going to get done uh, and that's that's similar to kind of what, we're, what we were talking about today. I don't know if you had a follow up or anybody else had something, but yeah. Um, I think it's interesting to think of when this was written, if it, it was the fifth century, that was when Rome was being sacked and discussed. And so it was a really terrible time. For yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I said six, but like, regardless, like, it's, it's a period of tumult. The The Golden Age is, or, you know, we always think it's a Golden Age, but yeah. Um, I think yeah isn 't that really helpful? like these guys are are going through it um, and it's and that 's not to downplay when we 're going through it uh, we 're going through it in our own stresses. Uh, you parents, blessings to you you 're just going through it all the time, especially with young kids um, but yeah, I mean just the the daily worry and i don 't care how wealthy, how well off you are we 're all a little bit afraid that, like that it might get taken away like that. The stock market crashes like that. Um, and that's also part of what we're praying. All right, Lord. Again, I have the power in myself to do a lot of things, but ultimately, kind of not really. Like, ultimately, I need this whole system, the structure, uh, society, my friend network to stay intact or I am a mess. Uh, my, my friend, uh, Jacob Smith and I also said this in Lenten lunches because it's so good. Who's a guy I worked with in New York City before coming here? And he would always say, and he said it like in every other sermon, and people didn't get bored of it. <laughs> I don't know how, but he would say, uh, you know, we're we're all. What how does it go again? It's uh. We're all two three days away from being on tabloid news, and most of us are on day two. Um, and he would say that irrespective of like, rich poor, you know. Are you depressive? Are you not? Uh, but yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. Then, um everybody probably knows, but where did the word colics come from? Yeah, yeah. I, sh- I probably should define that. A collect is like, it's so. It's a Latin word that we continue, right? It's a weird word. Uh, when you if, if you plug it into Google Docs, it'll say you spelled it wrong, or it's like it's wrong in the sentence because it doesn't mean collect. Um, now, some people say it means collect, and like sure, I guess it collects the intentions of the people gathered, but it really is a Latin word for, and as I said earlier, it's the only part of the liturgy that changes every week. So while uh, we might do a new Eucharistic prayer uh, during cert- certain seasons, or we might change the prayers of the people every once in a while, the thing that will change in the liturgy every single week is the call of the day. And that Latin word, you Latin scholars can, can get this better than I can, but essentially, it almost like means changes. It's like the prayer that changes. Huh. Jack Sherman in the back probably could tell us. But anybody else? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was thinking about the colics as being, and you you kind of prefaced it as being an entryway, you yeah. know, into the prayer. And what really struck me in the um, fifth sunday one about bringing to order our unruly wills Mm -hmm. and i read um this past week in a devotional um from one of those older theologians he said i'm really not willing i'm really not willing to go i'm really not willing to give this up Mm -hmm. but i'm willing to be willing yeah and i thought that was revelatory because i'm really not willing Mm -hmm. but i want to be yeah. And to pray that to God say I'm willing to be willing so meet me. Yeah. Meet me halfway and help me. Yeah, and I think the the colics though would say it's not even halfway. It's like you take take the wheel. This is a Carrie Underwood song here. Uh, <laughs> but I think you're right. Yeah. And maybe that's like what should be cuz you're you're more virtu- virtuous than I am. What should be my third prayer is you know, I want to want this. That's essentially what Augustine's saying, right? You know, hey, command what you will, God, but give me what you command. I, I, I want to do that, but I don't. I, I haven't been able to do it in this area of my life. So, deliver me here. Uh, yeah, I probably have time for one more, and then I've got to run to the eleven o'clock service. But anybody else? All right. Well, hey, it's right in front of us. I know we already prayed it. Let's pray it again. Part of the liturgy, part of the reason for it, right, is to sink in. So.